to another episode of That's a Rap Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales, joined by my co-host, Dre, and our producer, Jason. Welcome. This is the first off-season edition, I guess you could say, of the mm-hmm. of this podcast. Uh, we obviously sound a lot more upbeat now than we did two weeks ago. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Say, yeah. How are you guys doing? Isn't this strange that this is the very first podcast where the Raptors have uh, not been a champion or... Uh, not been contenders or anything like that like this is the first one where we have not been in the playoffs because we lost like this is the first one in two years it's kind of strange it's weird that's the norm for 29 teams because there's only one winner every (laughs) year so for two years that's not bad that's pretty good so uh i think we're doing really well we're all happy we've got some really good stuff on the agenda today uh raptors related non-raptors related the nba never sleeps so yeah i'm excited jace how are you doing I'm good, man. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm still watching some basketball. It took me a little bit to get, you know, over that sadness, I guess, that the Raptors are in it because you you watch the teams right now. And and don't get me wrong. I think the, the games have been really good. Um, they're very entertaining. But I just, in the heart of hearts, honestly, I feel like we would have a solid chance to go to the NBA Finals and even lift the Larry OB once again. So maybe that's why it's been kind of rough for some Raptors fans. I know this one's a little bit more because we had a little bit of time to digest it. We, we are, we're thinking about how well um, this whole season has been. And, it, you know, shout out to the all the positivity that's been out there, too, when it comes to the Raptors. I, I did a podcast with uh, Chris Walder, um, and he did a kind of like a – rap toronto raptors fan contribution uh, podcast and it was just he got audio from all different parts of the world and we're talking about brazil france saudi arabia wow. singapore philippines all these people from around the world came, gave audio to him saying thank you to the raptors and how important the season was and i think it, it it resonated all over the world how well this team like they, everyone, all the analysts thought that, you know, without Kawhi, this would be a dumpster file. This is a restart. This is a rebuild for the Raptors. And, you know, we we don't technically have a superstar, but how many are there really in this league? And we were still one of the top teams in the NBA. So, yes, like Dre said, this is uh, this is a hard, uh, gonna, there's a lot of, to, of basketball to talk about. We got a lot of it uh, on the plate. Uh, but first and foremost, this was a Raptors podcast, a rap by Raptors fans, for Raptors fans. Jay, what do we got on the agenda, brother? We've got a lot on the agenda, actually. Uh, you know, Starting off with this first thing that you said, which is this feeling of, of being eliminated. And it's, it, it does feel a bit different this time than in any previous season, but we'll, we'll dive into that in just a second. We're going to be talking about Fred Van Vliet and whether or not he should resign. And of course he should, but you know, at what cost? We'll talk about the other free agents on the Raptors, uh, also discussed the possibility of, of Norm Powell and what's his future looking like. We should probably also talk about Montrez Harrell since that seems to be the topic of the day for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from a non-Raptor standpoint, who is going to win this whole thing? I mean, like you said, the playoffs are still happening right now and we kind of need to figure out uh, who's going to be the champion because coming into the bubble, coming into this playoffs, we thought the Bucks and the Clippers were the teams to beat and they have been beaten. And finally, we'll wrap things up and, and start to look forward a bit if we have time and talk about next season, which I guess, thankfully, depending on what your perspective is, thankfully, does not start in this dreaded year of 2020. But 
on the flip side, is that bad? Uh, can you wait until 2021 for basketball and Raptors again? It's a long time. It, it does feel like a long time. But let's start off first with this feeling that we are currently having. As I mentioned off the top, when we last recorded after the Raptors Game 7 lost to the Celtics, we were obviously very somber and we've had some time to digest that loss and think about what happened and think of what could have been and also project what this Raptors squad could be moving forward. But I can't shake this feeling, and I think you guys will agree with me, that this elimination and this offseason feels much more different than previous times. Like, this is the 25th season for the Raptors and the 24th season in which they did not end up as champions. But yet, this does feel different. And my question to you is, why? It's interesting because... Raptors have lost in the playoffs before. That's no secret. Every team does except for one every year. And what what is new is that we're not just the team running it back. We're a very different case where the FMVP of a previous year for the first time in NBA history left. So, of course, Kawhi is no longer a part of the team. He's old news. But what it means for us is... This is the chance to prove the Raptors of old, the Raptors that we love, where it's just the boys in the yard, the the dogs, the grit and grind, the everyday guys, the lovable family, could do it on their own. And guess what? They got really close. So Mm -hmm. if we were to compare the Kawhi situation with our situation, you look at the Clippers and Kawhi, the team that he, he left for, which they call themselves dogs, they're considerably a super team of sorts, on a smaller scale, a super team of 2020, let's say. Not in other years, but in this year, a super team considering. You know, you got excluding the playoff performances, Paul George, uh, Patrick Beverly, Lou Will, uh, Matras Harrell, fantastic players. But I said outside of the playoffs, because if you look at the playoffs, they've been ripped to shreds. And if you look at the Raptors in comparison, outside of Pascal Siakam, who unnecessarily was the the attention of a lot of hatred that he did not deserve, I'm going to go on record and saying, mostly everybody agreed this was a great effort. This was sad because it's like, it's not like the Clippers where it's like, guys, you should have gone all the way to the finals. It's like, you were the underdogs and we had a lot of faith in you guys. And it's okay because we know you tried your best. And that's what matters. And that's why it's so sad because Mm -hmm. it's not like a letdown where it's like, oh, my God, you guys didn't even try this and this. It feels more like in a different world, in a different timeline, this was completely doable. And it would have been like the fairy tale ending where it's like we didn't need Kawhi. We didn't need Danny Green. We could have done it on our own. And even though we didn't, looking at our standard and looking at what happened with the Clippers and Kawhi, I still feel the same way where it's like we absolutely could have done it without him. It's not like the Clippers where it's like a gross underachievement. I feel like with us, it's like we did really damn well. And it's somber because it's humbling that we did so well without him. But at the same time, it's like deep down, I feel like we could have even done more. And that's why it's a little strange because it's not just Mm -hmm. us winning a championship. It's not just us just missing out without this guy that everybody said we needed. It's, The team that we grew up with, the Raptors of old, where it's like we never needed a superstar, you know? We almost did it. And we almost went further than the super team that our superstar left for. Like, 
in ways it's it's very bittersweet because it's like we could have done more, but at the same time, we did so much, and I'm really proud that we did. Yeah. So much to unpack there, Dre, and I and I really agree with everything that you said there. I remember I was listening to Fan Five Nine. I can't remember who was on as a guest, but he said something really profound, and it was like, in 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 terms of like Kawhi or with his decision leaving. And I know that there, Jay said that before. We really shouldn't think about Kawhi. He's not an honor team, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like he did leave a great situation. So what that guest said was, you know, he left a good situation to find something great. Like, understandably so, he he left to go home, to play for his uh, home team, to be close to his family. And absolutely, at least I hope that no Raptor fan should uh, fault him for that. I I feel like you do that 10 times out of 10. But in basketball terms, he had such a good situation going on when it came to the Raptors. And this playoff kind of proved it when you looked at how they kind of flamed out. They were up 3-1. They de- the Clippers that I mean they definitely had a chance to to go to that uh, the conference final that everybody is waiting for LA versus LA but they completely flamed out in like the, a fashion where no one expected and kudos to Denver of course oh, yeah. but I mean you have you know Kawhi definitely left a great situation to look for something better. And that's this is what happens. So that's why something like this, when we play a, a, a team that out of all the teams in the playoffs, I, I'm glad that we face Boston because we've never faced them before. But they would by far the worst team for us to play mm-hmm. because of all the matchups and everything like that. So the, the fact that you have someone like um, the Clippers uh, who flamed out, you have someone like Milwaukee that flamed out. If we had a chance to beat the Boston Celtics in that seven game series, Again, like I said before, I really do feel like we have a very good chance to beat Miami, who's a very good team, and and LA, who has a lot of flaws. Lakers, I mean, has a lot of flaws. So that's why we've been on like other podcasts, other Raptors related podcasts, and other NBA podcasts, guesting and and having guests on, saying that some most of the time, everyone says that you have to have a superstar to win in this league, and history has shown there's not many superstars that are out there. You got LeBron. Kawhi, you have KD, Giannis, and most of the time, and Giannis even showed this year and last that even still, you still need a team behind you. Yeah. And I just wanted to prove, and I wanted our team to prove that you don't need that superstar. You need a team because basketball is a team sport. If you want to be a number one person, go play tennis, go play golf. But team, basketball, hockey, Soccer, all these are team sports. Yes, you have stars, and we had stars. Pascal Siakam is a star. He was an all-star starter. Kyle Lowry is an all-star. Like We have stars on this team, but all in, all together, it was a team. And you see it from the top down. You see Masai, everyone loves. You see Bobby. You see Nick Nurse. You see Larry Tannenbaum. And you see Kyle Lowry. It all trickles down as a team, and there's not one person that is kind of leading the chart. You know, mm-hmm. So... I feel like that's the difference between this year when we didn't flame out, we didn't get swept by a Cleveland, we didn't get swept by a uh, Washington, where we kind of like, yeah, we're we're happy to be in the playoffs. This year, the, we watched the this team that we love so much play their entire hearts out for seven games. And let's be real, Austin was the better team. They they wholeheartedly should win. Um, but the fact that we were in there for se- for game seven and we only lost by five, I think. 
that's incredible. So I think that's what that Jay, I think that's the difference of the, the emotion, the, the feeling, the difference in, in all the different times that we've uh, lost in the playoffs. Yeah. And um, you know, I, this should come as no surprise. I agree with both of you wholeheartedly. And if I could add anything to that, it's very little. And that is, you know, what you were saying, Jason, in terms of this being a scenario where, the Raptors really did look like a team that could actually win the whole damn thing because of how they match up with all of the remaining teams. I, I look back at a, a reference that a couple of us have made previously in that the Raptors kind of look like the 2004 Detroit Pistons. Yes, of the, course. the only other team you can think of that didn't have a top 10 superstar and still managed to win the finals. In that season, during that playoff run, in the second round, the Pistons were down 3-2 in their series to the New Jersey Nets. Their backs were against the wall, and they came back and put on, as you would expect from them, a defensive clinic and squeaked by in Game 6 and ran away with Game 7. Now, that's obviously not exactly the game script of what happened here with the Raptors losing, obviously, but the Pistons were close to not even making it past the second round. And I couldn't help but think about that too, as I look back on this Raptors squad and think, oh my gosh, if, if the Pistons didn't pull that through, we're not talking about them. Maybe this whole talk about superstars ha- being required to win a championship continues to hold true. But th- that Pistons team was my, was my, my, my guiding light. And I thought the Raptors could do it. And yes, it, it's tough to watch now, not because, I, I necessarily hate the four remaining teams. It's just, it's hard to watch when you can see, watch the way other teams play and think, oh my gosh, the Raptors could totally stop this, make this defensive stop. Or Nick Nurse could totally come up with a perfect out of bounds after timeout play here to win the game or whatever it might be. So it is difficult to watch. Um, and in, well, in that light... I was going to say, like, what could have Nick Nurse done with with the Clippers when they were in a bind or... Uh, what could he have done against the Nuggets, which are a well-coached team? Let's be honest. Like there are so you're you're right. There are so many things where it's like, what could the Raptors have done? What could have Nick Nurse done? What could have like, all these different matchups? And we said this when Boston started, as you said, Jason. Boston was just the worst team that we had to face with the the open threes at the wings that kept happening. Um, you know the the. The, the opening the middle lane when you were guarding the perimeter. Like, Boston was just the worst team we could have faced, and we almost beat them. It's It sucks. Yeah, it does suck. And, you know, with with that now in, in the past, uh, we, we definitely have to look forward, right? And yeah. I think that the scenario that the Raptors are currently in is kind of reminiscent of where the Raptors were last year. So after Kawhi left, we all talked about how this would be a transition period. This, this past season and the season coming up before the summer of 2021, which was on everyone's minds and trying to get Giannis and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like with, with how well the Raptors performed, I feel like we're in the exact same spot we were last offseason, which is, okay, well, there is uh, there should be a drop-off in play next season. This should be a transition season, and mm-hmm. it probably is going to be more of a transition period if we consider all of the different free agents that are out there now for the Raptors. So let's kick this off and start to talk about the biggest free agent. That's Fred Van Vliet. 
what are your guys' thoughts on this? Is is I I think we're we probably all agree that he is a priority number one in terms of free agents. Is he worth the price he's probably going to be asking for? I guess that depends on what you think that he's going to ask for. Because I know that a lot of people have been comparing the Malcolm Brogdon contract. Yep. Yeah. And he got four years 85 so that's 21.25 per year do i want to go over the 20 million mark for fred uh, no. no i mean i think the, <laughs> not me <laughs> yeah yeah i think the for for the raptors um knowing that we have lowry for next year for 30 knowing that we got uh, pascal for his contract starts up um and in order to save up for that 2021 free agency class, I'm looking at like an 18 maybe for a max. And, and that, that doesn't take away the fact that Fred is, if we can get Fred, you, you have to get, because he's, he's our future. He being under the wing of Kyle Lowry for his entire career, basically you, you have to sign him, but at what cost, right? So if you have people or you, uh, uh, rumored teams like Detroit and New York, if he's going to go to them because they gave a bag of like 25 to $30 million, he has to take that. He He's ha- he's completely earned um, that type of contract from teams that are going, that will, you know, in, I guess in our books, technically overpay, but like he's, he's, he's deserved that. Now, does he want to play for a rebuilding team? Who knows? Does he want to go to Detroit and, and they'll be like, Hey, do you want to be our like franchise player? Can you lead us to the promised land? Who knows? We'll give you $25 million. All right. I'm not going to fault him for that. So uh, to me, I, I don't know if I would go over 20. That's, that's kind of my, that's, that's the number I have in my head too, is, is ideally yeah. under 20. Uh, 20 is the max, but even then 20 is, I'm, the more I look at that number, it just looks like a lot. And maybe a week ago, I was okay with that number. Now I'm looking at it. I'm like, uh, I don't think so. And, and one more point before, before you jump in here, Dre, is that with Siakam making second team all NBA and not third team all NBA, he earned an extra bonus from his contract. And for next year's salary, that's an additional 3.5 million. So that's good for Siakam, but that's also 3.5 million less for the Raptors in the summer of 2021. So, you know, again, again, this is all worth it for Siakam, but at the same time, it's like that's cutting into the Raptors flexibility. And that also cuts into how much they could essentially offer Fred. Um, Dre, what do you think? Well, no disrespect, but, I guess Kyle Lowry's uh, contract bonus uh, not being that kind of helps right now too. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I guess there's that. Um, Actually, no, that doesn't factor into 2021. That's that was more of a let's overpay you now as a thank you for all the years of service. So we're going to give you 30 million over these two years, even though you're really not worth that. But uh, yeah, that that's what this this past season and next season is is for. I see. So, so sorry, Kyle. Uh, that, that didn't matter at all. Uh, okay. So um, I guess at the end of the day, it just depends on how Fred feels about what he wants to do. And knowing Fred, or I can't speak about him personally, but like from what I can assume about Fred, would he give away a solid team to be, yeah, the figurehead? I don't know. Is this guy a Kyrie Irving? I don't know so much. I feel like he likes Toronto. He likes it here. He likes the team that he's got. 
And I wouldn't say he likes being a role player because he obviously wants to do more than that, and he has proven it by how much he can dominate games on his own. But I don't think he wants to be... Look, if New York, hopefully not the Knicks, but if New York or Detroit offer him a good amount of money, that's going to be hard to turn down. But does he also want to be the savior of these types of teams? I don't know, because let's let's compare both teams. Detroit, they're a better team than New York right now, but they have a lot of work to do. It won't be as bad, whereas with New York, there's a hell of a lot more to do, and I feel like the fans are much less forgiving, even though Detroit is already a difficult fan base to please. Uh, New York is even worse, where they boo draft picks on draft day. So um, mm-hmm. I remind you of Porzingis. So I don't know if he necessarily wants to be the figurehead of that. Now, some players do. Some people love that challenge where it's like, can I, can I turn this city around? Damn right. I'm going to make it happen. This is going to be interesting. Would Freddie Van Fleet want to do that? I don't know. Even for the right price. He's got his family here, um, like his his Raptors family, I mean. He, he's loved here. The, the Toronto fan base is much less toxic, so that helps as well. But can they offer more? Probably not, especially considering what's circulating with other contracts, other possibilities, other names swirling around, like an Oladipo. At the end of the day, it all boils down to what he feels like. And if he had to pick, I feel like he would maybe do – the Detroit, but like, would he want to be part of a cancerous organization like New York, where it's just nothing but misery from here on out? Especially next year is going to be hideous, considering their draft pick and the lack of prospects and where they are right now. I don't know. The immediate future of New York looks grim, and I think that's a major factor. Yeah, th- and there's there's things there to like about Detroit. Part of that is. Well, A, there's there's some familiarity there with, with Dwayne Casey being coach. There is a superstar there in Blake Griffin. There's also some very good emerging talent in Christian Wood and Luke Kennard. So there are things I like there about Detroit. They're just further along in the or no, sorry, they're further behind in the development stage than they're they're better off than the Knicks, I'll tell you that. I do agree with you there. But uh, you know, it would be a step back for the for the for Fred Van Vliet and one final note on him and and then Jay, sorry for cutting you off there, but uh, I think that the, that something that I can't get past is that Fred has been a winner at every stage in his career. In high school, he was a state champion in college. He uh, led, led the Wichita state shockers to the final four. And, you know, obviously G League champion and Raptors NBA champion. So it'll be hard, I think, for him to say, okay, yeah, I'm getting, you know, an extra four or five million a year. And that that does solve a lot of problems. But to step backwards and possibly not even make the playoffs, I mean, that's that's hard, man. I don't know. Yeah. I think one of the biggest factors, uh, I mean, for Fred, he he's, deserves the bag for sure. But for the Raptors, it's more of what you're wanting to do with the future. You've already signed Pascal for the future. Like he's he's signed at least for uh, 23, 24, depending on if he's going to get traded or or anything like that. I, I highly doubt that. It's going to be very interesting to see what Toronto wants to do with who they want to put beside Siakam. Because I feel like, you know, without putting any more pressure on him, he ha- he's got 
the max contract now. I'm talking about Pascal. So do you want him to thrive with uh, being that number one option? Or do you want him to be comfortable with somebody that he's already been comfortable with, who is Fred? He He's the one who came up with him in the, in the G League. He's the one who's been playing with him when he became an all-star. He's like... I feel like you also have to think about what you want with your other stars and thinking about Pascal, thinking about OG. No, Fred has been there that entire time. I feel like players respect him as well. So it just, it really depends. I, I, it's going to be hard to see if someone, and I, I don't doubt that a team is going to offer Fred a lot of money. And it's, it's going to be interesting if uh, the Raptors match because I, I honestly don't know if Fred is going to be here next year. I, I really don't know. And I really hope that the Raptors do do something or hopefully that, you know, Fred kind of takes the deal that we all kind of hope that he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, I guess on that note, in terms of who to pair with Siakam, because of obviously he is our future. There are other free agents for the Raptors, a lot of them, actually. So yeah. I'm just going to list all of them and, you guys tell me which one of these guys are staying or which one are going. What do you guys think? So okay. we are looking at Mark Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Chris Boucher, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and Malcolm Miller. Um, <laughs> other names that could pop up, I think, are either uh, on non-guaranteed contracts or they're, they're in some way, shape, or form are under contract for next season. So those are your five how many, if any, of those guys are coming back? What do you guys think? Um, okay. The only one that I feel kind of certain about, unless my memory is failing me, Serge Ibaka has said that he wants to retire here. He clearly loves it here. He has embraced us. We've embraced him. Um, he's been firing at all cylinders. He's been playing, like, showing glimpses of his OKC days here, which he wasn't before in Orlando. Um, I think he's, I think he's going to stay here. Mark Gasol, though, you know, there's been rumors about the Spanish league. There's been rumors about him leaving. Um, I don't know. And especially if we want to prioritize, look, he was fantastic for the championship run. I would argue he was still really good for this year as well. But if we're going to prioritize, if we were to prioritize him over maybe our young bucks instead, I don't know so much. I have a feeling he's out. Um, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, I'm just going to say he's out. Boucher <laughs> may be staying. Um, Miller may be staying. Did I miss anyone? Nope, you named them all. I think the only That's one I'm confident it, yeah. about staying is Ibaka. And I feel pretty confident that RHJ, while good, I think he's out because I think that we're going to prioritize other young talents and try and uh, get them to yeah. grow in a similar way. I, I kind of agree. Uh, with with the Abraka Dre, um, I also feel like it depends on what he's going to ask for as well. Um, I I do think that the staying in Toronto, staying with a competitive uh, team, is very important to him too. I don't. I, he's. I feel like Serge is at his peak. I think he's playing very, very, very well. And not saying that he's going to go. You know, his peak is going to go downwards or anything. I guess that's the literal term. It of it, might. I I don't feel like. It might, it, it might, it might, but I just feel like he's been really good these last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. So, 
I can see like maybe uh, a, f- a team friendly deal of like same with with same with Fred's like the eighteen to twenty million dollars for like four years or something like that. Outside of that, I mean that this year he got twenty three million dollars, which was I feel like it was worth it. Um, that can can we kind of you know give that same back to him? Maybe maybe I could see it. I just I I don't know if he would be inclined to like take a team friendly deal. Um, Gasol. Um, I, I, yeah, I think the same thing. I don't feel like he, I think he knows where his career is. Uh, if he wants to go back to Spain um, and finish his, le- his career in the year league, I don't, you know, blame him for that. I think he does uh, still give a lot of uh, advantage to us in the defensive end. Uh, but his contract was 25.5 million this year. If he comes back for a $5 million deal, Sure, why the hell not? But I don't think he's going to come back for that. For RHJ, I don't think he's going to stay. He came for a one-year deal. I think he's going to try to go for another somewhere else because he wanted he he came here and I, and I'm going to I'm going to credit uh, the free association pod where basically it's true. Like they they were like Ronda Hellas Jefferson didn't play in the playoffs and not not to say that he he should have because i don't think he, he should have uh, at the end, end of that boston series but he he went to a competitor so he could play and i feel like that's he, what he's going to do for for the next contract mm-hmm. um i would like to see boucher back uh but his contract was two million dollars he's not going to get that he i feel like he's going to want more so i would like to see boucher back i really do think with with both marcus and serge Ibaka kind of in the uh, you know we don't really know where it's going to i i feel like chris boucher has a chance and i would like to see that as a raptor and yeah same thing with malcolm Miller too i feel like malcolm Miller has a lot of potential as well so i would like to see them both i don't think they're going to make more than five million dollars but I would like to see Boucher and, and Miller back, but RHJ, no, Gasol, no, and Ibaka, I hope so. Um, okay, so now is when I throw numbers at your faces. Sorry. I Beauty. Probably should, I probably should have started, that off, started off with that. I think, we, I think we all knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I, first of all, f- fully agree with you guys on RHJ. This was a prove them, prove them year for him, and I think for the most part, he did prove it, right? I think he was yeah, the, the season, yeah, number, yeah. there was like some insane statistical... Uh, that that I had seen that that um, he was the number one versatile defender in the NBA, and that means he guarded all five positions at around twenty percent each. So like he he's versatile and he proved it, and he's awesome mm. defensively. He's just such a minus offensively. So great year for him in terms of showing his worth, and he will absolutely get a good contract from another team. So I agree with you guys. He's as good as gone, but good for him. He's probably going to land somewhere and get some money. So that's good. Uh, Malcolm Miller. uh, I think I've, I've uh, been jaded a bit in my, my perception of him um, by Blake Murphy um, that, you know, he's spent his good, you know, year development years trying to prove it here and he still hasn't grown enough. So I agree with Dre that he's as good as gone. And as for the remaining three, I guess, bigger names, um, Gasol, I think it's it comes down to two choices for him. It is a one-year deal with the Raptors in order to keep the 2021 flexibility, uh, one more year here, or he goes back to Spain. I think those are the two options for him. I don't think he's going to sign with another team for um, anything close to what he's worth. So I think that's what he's, I would think that he's narrowed it down to his Raptors or Spain which leaves us with Boucher and Ibaka. And with Boucher, I think that it would be nice to bring him back. He's not worth a lot. I don't know what other teams are going to trust his development curve. 
he didn't show enough, I think, to woo other teams. So he's uh, he's more of a wild card to other teams, whereas to us, we know what he's capable of. So I think mm. the Raptors will offer him something reasonable. I mean, if he feels like he's worth more, he could test out the market. I don't know how that will go, but I mean, just from that Lakers game, <laughs> I know, right? I Maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is like, and if that Lakers game uh, is enough, then, you know, you can get his money elsewhere, but yeah. Uh, and that block on Montrez. Oh my gosh. Sure. Actually, there's some we'll highlight there. reels. There's, man, there's a lot there. This year. He was part of that, yeah. uh, that Dallas comeback, right? So that's true. He's, he's had that's a lot true. of highlights this year. So if that's enough to get something, then he's, he's earned it. Uh, I would like to see him come back, if anything, just to to shore up the center position. Because what I'm alluding to here is, I don't think Ibaka is coming back. Okay. Um, the 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 amount of money that you you've both kind of laid out is absolutely what he's going to be asking for, and absolutely what Toronto cannot offer at all. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why I bring that up is because of this 2021, right? That's been looming in the background. Masai even mentioned it in his press conference a couple of days ago that. You know, the eye is towards having some flexibility in 2021. And if the priority is, and as he mentioned, if the priority is Fred Van Vliet resigning, then here is the how that lays out in terms of what, what his resigning does. So uh, according to Blake Murphy, if the Raptors were to not bring back any of the five guys we just mentioned, and reside Fred to a team-friendly deal, something in the ballpark of 18, 17, 16 million, which we're hoping for, as well as extending OG Ananobi, uh, who is available, I'm uh, sorry, who is uh, eligible for a extension now or can be signed uh, next year uh, as a re- restricted free agent. So if we bring back those two alone, and we assume that Norm Powell picks up his player option next year. The Raptors do not have enough money for Giannis next year. Uh, now that is big. <laughs> that is big. That is without yeah. Serge, without Casal, without any of these guys. That is well, just it, because the Raptors sign Fred and extend OG. You were going to say something? Yeah. No, I was just thinking that, yeah, I think the Giannis talk it's going to be without a doubt the biggest thing if he doesn't sign a contract for for next year with the bucks but there that that i think that year is pretty big for free agency like i think Giannis is a free it's agent i think Kawhi is a free agent paul george is a free agent yeah and that's the thing is like Giannis. Giannis is the prize but at the same time having the flexibility to sign a max free agent should continue to be the 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 guiding light or the shining star for the raptors and they have the capability to get there but that also means that gasol cannot be on the books or 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 ibaka or anyone past next year and while i can see gasol signing a one-year deal i cannot see ibaka signing a one-year deal he's a bit younger he's got a few more years Mm -hmm. left in him he needs I, i agree with you guys he does deserve that money he does deserve the 24 million or whatever but He's going to want that for multiple years, and we just can't offer that to him if our our sights are set on a max free agent in twenty twenty one. Jay, quick question: yeah. What is uh, the what has been the regular max or uh, the mega the regular? Um, cap? Oh, like yeah. Uh, oh, sorry the the salary cap or the yes, yeah, yeah. So right now, because of the amount of money lost this year. This year is going to be a flat cap, which means because typically every year it goes up just a bit. Um, it's going mm-hmm. to stay at 109 this year. That's the assumption. I, I don't know if that's official yet. And 
that does a lot in terms of, uh, let's say, Fred Van Vliet's market, right? Pe- teams yeah. can't offer as much as they were hoping to because they were hoping the salary cap would go up. Um, the I guess the bigger effect is what happens next year mm-hmm. before that mm-hmm. summer of 2021. If, if the salary cap stays the same again in order to try to make up for lost revenue, that's huge because then that means that next year teams cannot offer as much. And that's pretty big compared to this year because mm-hmm. next year there's way better free agents available so right now uh, we're looking at 109 again this year uh, next year it's uncertain it could go in any direction it could go down it can go up yeah. it can say the same but that's where we're at i think that has a there's a big deal for free agents too thinking about it so which is why i feel like someone like Giannis, and i've, and I've always taken a stand i do feel like Giannis is going to stay in in milwaukee while, while signing a longer term deal um but i feel like they have to do it now because when they wait into that 2021 22 season knowing not knowing what the cap is and if they have the flat cap right now then you know you get that money now so you you like honestly you have to look out for yourself which is why I do feel like these free agents are going to sign those contracts as soon as they can knowing that there's going to be like this free agent class for the teams no one's like the teams don't owe you anything man you know like so I just feel like if you're a player like Giannis get that money man if you play like like Fred get that money man but talking about before we go into the break talking about um signing somebody we've we've heard that the raptors have signed uh nick nurse to a lucrative deal for years and approximately eight million dollars per josh lundberg i think eight million dollars a year which is which is pretty heavy i think that's like fifth uh most uh, high salary for coaches in the nba and they've they're looking to extend Bobby Webster as well. I've listened to I listened into like the end of the season interview with Masai, and a lot of the the questions, uh, understandably so, from the reporters are asking Masai, "What are you going to do with your contract? Uh, uh, we want it. Like, are you, have you thought about signing uh, with us again, and all that?" And then he basically said, "We I wanted to make sure that everything." in in our i guess in like i'm paraphrasing in in his team in his leadership group that everything is is set now you can take that in two ways you can say that he's making sure everything is set so that when he does go ultimately that you know his team is fine that he doesn't you don't you don't need the you know the that quote-unquote uh i guess the the succession plan is there right Yes, exactly. Or you're you're thinking as a leader should is that they should make sure everything and everything is set before he looks for his own his, his own sake and that and Messiah is a leader. That's why we love him so much. So what do you guys think? And I, I think I've I've always gone in that route where I don't see Masai signing or going to another NBA team. I really don't feel think so. I feel like he's gotten what he's needed when it comes to his NBA career. He's a president of a team. He's won a championship. The only thing he quote unquote hasn't done is uh, uh, gotten a free agent to want to come like a mega superstar to want to come to play to, for his team um, outside of the trades that he's made for such a, uh, like getting Carmelo out of there, getting Kawhi here, um, Carmelo meaning uh, getting him out of Denver. Uh, it, I just feel like if he is going to go do something outside of his basketball career it's going to be in office um or out or in his giants of africa so i, I it would be sad for Masai to go uh to see him go and i would want him to be a raptor for life but 
you know, again, I don't, he, to, to me, I feel like Messiah is better than the NBA. <laughs> and I, I know that here, there's a lot of word of him starting a league in, in Africa for him to be uh, the GM there um, or the uh, commissioner there. So there's a lot of talks, there's a lot of rumors. So what do you guys think uh, about uh, hopefully the Raptors re-signing Messiah? I kind of put him in the same same bucket as as Gasol, but in a much different size bucket. Whereas with Gasol, as I mentioned earlier, I, I see him as either staying with the Raptors next year or going over to Spain. Similar to Masai, again, much larger bucket here. It's he's either going to stick with the Raptors, not, and I agree with you. I don't think he will go to another franchise and, and do this all over again. It's it is, yeah. His his eyes are on a much bigger prize, and mm-hmm. whatever that may be, um, it's it's most likely connected to Giants of Africa in some way, shape, or form. He's either going to stay with the Raptors, uh, or he's going to leave basketball altogether. At least leave the NBA altogether. So, I think if you're a Raptors fan, it's it's kind of assuring to know that, but it's also assuring to know that he's set up and is taking care of everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. whether or not he continues to lead the lead the the charge um that's that's totally up to him and we'll respect him regardless but uh, i like what uh, he's said and done so far i think that the bobby webster extension is all but a done deal it's just not official yet so yeah this it's the raptors are in a good spot is is what i'm getting yeah. at yeah yeah i agree um i think the main thing is he did bring a championship but i don't think he's happy with just one he wants more. And you raise a good point, Jay, because I don't think he wants multiple with multiple teams. I think he wants to have been the success story for the one team, the, the Toronto Raptors. And if that's not going to cut it for him anymore, what bigger success story is there than what he's doing in Africa? So I don't know if I'm going to say he feels accomplished here yet, but if there's no championships in the near future for the Raptors, I think he's going to be like, you know what? This looks good for my NBA career. Let's see what else I can pull out in my life. Because you know with some people when they reach their ceiling, but some people are limitless. Like Popovich, I feel like is limitless. You know, somebody like a Larry Bird on a team or off a team as like a coach or an owner, you know, is limitless. I feel like somebody like this guy, Masai Ujiri, is limitless. So why stop there? Let's see what else he can do. You know, it's not like Michael Jordan where it's like as a player, you're the GOAT, but like, you know, behind a team, you know, there's work to be done. I feel like Masai, the fact that everybody wants him, how much better can you get? How much better can you get? You do what he's doing in Africa and that's how much better you get. So Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just depends on whether he wants to settle with us, as you said, or he wants to go elsewhere. I don't think he's going to sign up with any team, least of all the f- Knicks, which is you know the biggest, <laughs> the biggest uh, rumor. Of course, is everybody's the Knicks, but yeah, it's either us or it's it's his greater ambition. Yeah, he's already, like you said, Jay, he's already set up the Raptors for success, and since he's been here, to be honest, uh, not, like not being. Uh, also being uh the forefront of the social justice movement when it comes to this bubble also being the forefront of you know hiring being inclusive when it comes to his front office hiring um as many female uh representatives in his front office and and his coaching staff like it's he's done so much to empower everybody that he can and that's why if if Masai does and you know eventually he will not be 
the president of the Toronto Raptors. I commend him with whatever he will do in, in his future. And I thank you for what he has done for the Raptors. But that's enough Raptor talk uh, for today. Let's take a break and we'll go right back into the bubble and see who we think are going to be the NBA champs this year. And that's what Playoff P could have used before he became Pandemic P. And speaking <laughs> speaking of the Clippers, um, Montrez Harrell, this, these are our thoughts, and I think we could all agree. Uh, good player, not good enough. Uh, toxic in the locker room, we don't want that. Moving on, let's get back to the rest of the NBA. Yeah, Montrez Harrell, I don't know. But I know we had that segment there, but I, I saw so many Twitters like, what about Montrez Harrell? I was like, I don't like. Sure, I just don't feel like he really fits in. Like, we need scores. We need someone like Serge Ibaka. I feel like Montresor would be fine in that kind of system where you have scores all around you, just not in the Raptors. You don't want uh, the next cousin of Dennis Rodman? <laughs> Dennis Rodman with a whole bunch of dreads. Yeah. All right, so I don't know if you guys have been uh, watching the, the bubbles so far since the Raptors have been eliminated, but we still are in the conference finals. Uh, we are... Uh, you know, taping this on a Friday evening. So we got the Lakers and Denver who are three, one for the Lakers. And we have the bucks and the Miami heat who are also three, one, right. Am I right about that yeah. one? Yes. Yeah. So tonight, uh, depending on when you guys are listening to this, the, the Miami heat could be already advanced to the NBA finals. Who knows? But I got to ask you guys, man, who do you think is going to win this uh, championship this year? Oh, that's tough. Jay, I'll let you get, get it first because I, I want to. Oh, man, you had to throw it on <laughs> me first. Okay. Uh, I, I think I think that the, the the Celtics will make a series of it, and this is totally going to bite me in the ass if by the time you listen to this, they're already eliminated. Yeah, I'm not cutting this, man. I'm not going through that word. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. It's good. Just leave it in there. It's. Uh, I, I'm going to throw it out there and say that the Celtics are too talented or too good to bow out in five games. Uh, I, I could see this actually being pushed all the way to sevens. Yeah, I continue to put myself wow, out there. Really? Jeez. Oh, okay. um, but I think that Jeez. a three a three one lead is a three one lead, and I got to stand behind my Filipino brother in Eric Spolstra. So yes, the Heat will yeah. advance. I won't say I, I I'm obviously saying it's not going to be in five games, but it will happen at some point over this weekend. Uh, as for the Lakers and Nuggets, obviously. Denver has the Lakers right where they want them, down 3-1. So (laughs) we all know how this is going to end. However, um, uh, it's hard to see. It it is really hard to see. Unless unless AD's ankle is as bad as it looked at the end of the game last night, 
Uh, however, I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, the Lakers just need to win one. And while we have said that in two previous iterations of this Nuggets uh, squad, this is a much more talented squad than what they were facing. And yes, I am using this moment to slander the Clippers. Um, so, yeah, I say the Lakers advance. Uh, and in the finals, I say the Heat and six because there is something about this Lakers squad wow. that I have not liked. Since, well, since the bubble, actually, since the bubble reached, actually, since the beginning of the season. That's why I wasn't entirely shocked when the Raptors defeated them in November. That's why I wasn't shocked when the Raptors ran over them when the bubble restarted. And why I wasn't shocked that they lost the first game against the Blazers and the Rockets. They are a flawed team. And while I mm. think Rondo is a great addition to them their team i think that miami miami has looked solid and i think that they are well equipped uh from a personnel standpoint and a coaching standpoint to get by the lakers yeah um okay so let's go through the conferences first i think the Lakers are going to surpass the Nuggets, despite uh, this uh, this fantastic uh, historical strategy that they've had um, of being down three one. Okay, what I will say about the Nuggets is they are fantastic. They are overlooked, and I've been saying that for years. The first Raptors game I went to in ages was against the Nuggets. You know why? The tickets were cheap. They've been in the playoffs and in contention for so many years, yet everybody sleeps on them. Even after this year, they're going to sleep on them. But what I think they've been fantastic for in the bubble is revealing how underlooked the Lakers have been and how oh or, or no, um, how overrated, and I hate to say this, how overrated the Clippers are. I mean, Jesus Christ, could you have, like, predicted an even bigger bust? Like... Look, if the Lakers were to succumb and fall apart to this 3-1 lead and let the Nuggets get through to the finals, I think that'll overtake the Clippers. But that's not going to happen because even last night when a lot of things didn't go the Lakers' way necessarily, they still won. And there was another game, I believe, where the Lakers looked a little sloppy and they still won. And that's not to say that the Lakers are fantastic. That's just you know, the figure out the Nuggets. However, what I have noticed about the Lakers is outside of LeBron, outside of AD, outside of Dwight Howard, outside of playoff Rondo, who's looked the best that he's looked in years, I'd argue that not really any... Okay, uh, Caruso. Not really everybody has looked super-duper hungry for this as if they can rely on these guys to get them through all of this, which if AD's ankle screws up, who knows? This Heat team is starving to win. You have Jimmy mm. Butler, who has tried to silence naysayers for years. You have Spolstra, who has wanted to prove himself as a coach that didn't need LeBron for years. You have Dragic, who wanted to prove that he could be the leader of the team You know, with Wade gone for years. You have... So many people, Tyler Hero, who was told, don't do this when he was younger, and now he's in the NBA, he could do whatever he wants, setting records. You know, you have 
Uh, Bam Adebayo, who's MIP, clearly completely overlooked last season and now turning into a star before our eyes. You have so many players, and you know what they're doing? They're eviscerating the promised East team, the chosen ones, once the Bucks crumbled. They're completely destroying Boston. I'm predicting 4-1 for the Heat. I think Boston's not going to win the nice. next one tonight. They better not. And... The Lakers are gonna are gonna come through. They're not gonna lose the next game either. I think it's gonna be four one as well. And when it comes to the Lakers and the Heat, I'm predicting this is gonna be like the Mavericks of 2011, like the Pistons that we just talked about, like the Raptors. This is gonna be Jimmy Butler's year. This is gonna be the year Spolstra proving himself as one of the greatest coaches of all time in the long discussion. Not the absolute GOAT, but in the long discussion, he's one of the greats. They're going to win in six. Wow. Damn. I, again, I don't think these are hot takes. I do think Miami is a really good team. But, all right, number one, number one, I'm going to shout out, you know, the real uh, Maple Jordan, who was Jamal Murray, yes. that is. <laughs> Damn, that guy, that kid is so good. And the fact that he's going to play for Team Canada, yes. Hell yeah. And I'm going to give them, I'm going to give the Denver Nuggets a little bit more credit. I'm going to say that that game's going to go to seven, too. I'm going to say that series is going to go to seven. Nice. Do I think they're going to win? No. I do think the Lakers are going to win. I like that. Speaking I of like which, that. I do also, I, I don't know if I can agree with you guys with the Heat. I think that the Lakers just have that much, too much experience. When I feel like the the Heat are a little bit more hungrier, yes, but I feel like experience matters when it comes to LeBron. Um, I still I still feel like the 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 Lakers are going to take it, you know, one because yeah, LeBron's playing MVP caliber level. You got to do it for Mamba, so I, I got to go with the Lakers for this one. But don't forget uh, who knows comes LeBron to- better than anybody, especially in his prime, Eric Spolstra. Yes, yes, yes. Ooh, I agree with you there. Point. Good point. I like it. I like it. All right. So, fans, let us know your takes. Who do you think is going to win the the championship uh, this year? Let us know how you felt felt about our previous conversation when it comes to the free agents. And also, you know what? Uh, I know we didn't have time to talk about it this uh, this episode, but let us know when you think that the next season is going to start. Because oh damn, January that's a that's a long ass time. But it was good talking to you guys uh, again about the Raptors, about basketball. Uh, it's just good to be back, to be honest. But um, Dre, where can we find you, brother? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You could follow my film editorial and review website, Films Fatal F I L M S F A T A L E dot com. No spaces. My top 100 films of the 1970s is coming out the first Monday of October. So I'm excited for that to be released. And yeah, just keeping up the good old cinematic grind. Uh, Jay, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. Find my writing and this podcast over on Raptors HQ. I've got nothing else to plug right now. I'm just happy to be talking basketball again with you guys and yeah, I can't wait to nice. tee up the next episode. Yes, sir. Uh, 
And speaking of next episode, I have uh, a special spinoff when it comes to That's a Wrap. And I'm going to talk to a couple of friends of ours to talk about other Toronto sports teams. And we're going to call this these episodes uh, That's Raptorial, which is going to be like a tutorial for you Raptors fans about the other sports teams in Toronto, such as the Leafs, uh, TFC, The Rock, and the Jays, who just uh, uh, just clinched the playoff spot, by the way, guys. Right. So uh, I'm, ha- I'm I can't wait to talk to you talk to you guys about that. You can find my work also on uh, the Waller Sportscast. You can find all of us on Twitter at That's a Rat Pod, and also on Instagram. We don't really talk too much on Instagram, so you don't really have to. But you can find us there, anyways, at That's a Rat Podcast. But until next time, everybody. That's a wrap.